Welcome back and thank you for tuning in to the Limitless Experience with Eric Power recap and reaction episode. That two months went by extremely fast. I feel like it was just yesterday we saw a ghost shot and falling off the balcony. And honestly, I still don't believe he's dead. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to get into all of it. I'm going to get into my recap and reaction. I will have my exclusive Ain't No Way. And of course, at the end, I'm going to wrap with predictions. A couple of things I spoke on manifested. And I'll get to those. This episode definitely delivered for me at least. Like, it it delivered 100% for me. I heard the remaining five episodes will follow the seven suspects around for the 24 hours leading up to Ghost being shot. Not killed, but shot. So let's go. So the long-awaited episode 11, appropriately titled Still Dre, opens up with Dre Kashi trying to appear to be a family man, but he's not. He's a snake. Dre Kashi sitting with his daughter, singing some church song to her. Yeah, that's cool. That's sweet. He's still a snake, though, even though somebody else in this episode appeared to be an even bigger snake. But we're going to start from the beginning. He's sitting there singing to heaven, but I wasn't fooled for one second. He's still bad news. He's still mixed up in the game. But now he finally got his daughter, he got his baby mama with him, and she's begging and pleading with him to get the hell up out of Dodge. But he don't want to listen. But his baby mama know what's going on. Better to rent in Vegas than buy a casket in New York. But Dre wasn't hearing none of it. He wanted to be Nino Brown so bad. Then he gets word that Jane St. Patrick is about to join Lorette Walsh's ticket to become lieutenant governor of New York. So he takes his nappy-headed ass over to Saxon's crib and tries to expedite James getting locked up. It's a damn shame. James St. Patrick is the one that put him on, put him into the clubs to try to be a legit businessman, even hit him off with some work to teach him how to do it in the streets too. Dre is a slime ball. Courtney Kemp and the writers want us to know it too. If Ghost gets locked up, then you have less connections to more elite, powerful people. Dre should have been trying to be Ghost's lieutenant and be Ghost in the streets and let Ghost do his thing in the political offices. But nah, he think he can move smooth enough without him. We know how that worked out. The next scene is Dre talking to his crew, and then all of a sudden the Serbians roll up on him with guns drawn. You definitely know which segment this is going to come back up in. Then of course the guns go off, bang, 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 nothing too special about that. But this slime ball Dre just continues to be a fucking slime ball. He used his mans that just came home as a human shield. Dre is the most slimiest of them all. But as the saying goes, what comes around goes around, just like karma. Speaking of karma, check out my pod episode before this one if you haven't already, titled Karma Soothes. You'll love that episode. Trust me. So Dre did get popped one time in his arm. He goes back home to his baby mama. She's stitching him up. And once again, she's begging and pleading with him to get the hell up out of New York. But he got his eyes on the prize, and he ain't trying to hear it. And Tina's tired of his shit, so she tells him straight up, I'm taking heaven, and we getting up out of here. And then this ghost wannabe got the nerve to say, Get out your fucking mind. You ain't taking heaven from me. No one is taking heaven from me. Well, the lie detector test determined that was a lie. 
Now, Dre is so slimy that when he finally agreed that he would leave and told his baby mama, yeah, I'm with it, I actually thought that by the look on his face that he was going to kill her and continue to go on his quest to be the big homie. Now, luckily, he didn't because then what would heaven have? He did pay his moms a visit, and this is the first time we've seen Dre's moms in the entire series. And even she know he a good-for-nothing slime ball. He telling mom Deuce that he need bread for him, heaven, and Tina to get up out of town. And she ain't even know that he had a child. So she definitely told him no, he wasn't getting the money. Then he takes his nappy-headed ass to Tasha's druggy daycare and blackmails her for cash. You get my money on my brick this morning, or I'll burn this whole motherfucker down to the ground. And you have less than nothing. So call your son. He's a resourceful little nigga. He'll get it done. I'm sorry, you gonna burn what? <laughs> Lil Reek meets up with Dre, gives him about 10K, and for that 10K, he asks him for untraceable peace, and then it becomes favor for a favor. So now for the peace, he says, I need you to put me in front of ghosts, and Tariq dumbass agrees, and he does it. Now, as much as Tariq loves his mama, he told ghosts he'd kill him if he put his hands on his moms again. When Tasha told you that Dre was talking crazy, he could have put Dre to sleep himself. He got more connections than just Dre. Dre should have been there for talking crazy to Tasha alone, and Tariq should have been the one to do it. But let's rewind. You go to the druggy daycare, and you demand 50K from Tasha. She don't give it to you because she ain't got it. Then you hit up Tariq, and you ask Tariq for the whole 20K for the brick that you just gave him. He don't got it, so he give you what he can, 10K. Now you get in front of James St. Patrick, he offers you without saying anything, he offers you 250 and you telling him that's not enough. And come on, you wildin' out, bro. You out of control. Dre deserves every last ounce of gasoline that they threw in his ass. Now Ghost taught Dre some things, but he didn't teach him everything. And no matter what Dre tried to do, he would never outsmart Ghost. So of course James had his punk ass set up and arrested by the cops with ease. Now speaking of arresting and sent to jail, Blanca Rodriguez is questioning 2-Bit and Spanky. 2-Bit doing his thing, deflecting all her bullshit questions. He ain't giving the feds nothing. Spanky. Grown ass man, mommy, I can take you. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. Look, no, I want to do life. But I ain't no snitch. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. About to start calling him origami. How you go from all that to... You slithering snake. But at least you know. I can't talk. If I do, I'm as good as dead as soon as I hit the street. You a little man. A dead little man at that too. He ain't gonna survive much longer. Trust that. More to come after the break. Don't y'all miss this instrumental? I know I do. I want to thank each and everybody for tuning in. If you're a day one listener... A special, special extra thank you. Thank you for the support to the listeners that actually hit me up on the gram to let me know they're feeling it. I appreciate that too. Do me a favor. Please tell your friends and your family about this podcast. I'm trying to make it go big. I will be doing other things. I'm just not talking about power. I'm talking about anything and everything that I want. So if you're feeling it and you got friends that like the same things you like, let them know about my podcast. Hit the subscribe button so you'll know when I release a new episode each time I release a new episode. Thank you for your support. I greatly appreciate it. And if you want to follow me on the gram, you can find me at limitless underscore E. That's limitless underscore E. Thank you.
Welcome back. So 2-Bit wasn't giving up any information, and it's going to take a little bit of time for Blanca Rodriguez to look into what happened to Pancho. So the two of them get locked up, and 2-Bit got the street smarts. Origami, not so much. So 2-Bit quickly concludes that it was actually Dre who snitched him out, and that he's the reason why they locked up. 2-Bit been wanting to get at Dre for a very, very long time. And as I said in the previous podcast, you can go back and check in predictions. I said that 2-Bit would catch up with Dre and he would finish him. Also said that the relationship that 2-Bit and Spanky had was one of the most loyal, bonded relationships in the entire series. And all the way up until season 6, episode 11, that was 100% true. There was no bond that was stronger than 2-Bit and Spanky's. Nobody's. Not James and Angela, not James and Tasha, not Tommy and Ghost. Not even Ghost and Proctor, because Proctor at one point was about to tell on Ghost. Not Tommy and Tasha, because we know what happened there. Not Tasha and Keisha, because we know what happened there. Not nobody. The only other relationship with two sisters, and that's Angela and Paz, but they sisters, it does not count. The street relationships, nobody had a stronger bond except for 2-Bit and Origami, a.k.a. Spanky. In fact, if you ask me, the most loyal person in the show is, without a doubt, Two bit. When him and Origami got knocked, he did not go back and snitch on Tommy, right? He even looked his man's Origami out when Ghost said, "Handle what I need you to handle, and I take care of your family." Two bit said, "Yeah, but what about the little homie?" That's loyalty. And last but not least, we already know he avenged his homie Brock's death from season two, episode six, when Andre shot him all up in the back of the trunk with Kanan. But now Two Bit Origami. And Snitch Dre is all in the same facility, and it's about to go down. Dre seen two bit and Spanky in the cafeteria, and he know he ain't want that smoke. Now, luckily for Snitch Dre, Blanca Rodriguez is a bigger slime ball than he is, so she gets him released only if he agrees to take the stand and say that he was present when Ghost choked out Terry Silver, which is a damn lie. But everybody in power is filthy dirty, and they're going to do anything to get the upper hand on the next person. So Dre accepts to get out of jail free card, and 2-Bit and Spanky is left wondering what the hell happened. But 2-Bit know what happened. Dealing them out already? You don't get out that fast unless you ready somebody out. Fucking snitch. Nice try, Origami. You can't call somebody a snitch if you're telling on people yourself. Now, at this point, Tubit is starting to get the feeling that his boy Spanky really is a rat. Because when he got on the phone with Tommy, Tommy told him that somebody tried to pin the poncho murder on him. And there's not too many people that know about the poncho kill. And we all know Tubit got them street smarts. Now, back to Snitch Dre. He's getting driven by the feds to, I'm assuming, a Wittsec location, right? Now, if you are a return listener, you know what segment this is about to come back in. Dre escapes the feds. I'm going to get back to that. And of all the places to go, you make one of those stops your mom's crib. The feds should have been at his mom's crib waiting for him. Anytime somebody escapes, they don't got too many places to go. You should always check the mom's crib. But anyways, he's all in the mom's crib looking for money. He finds the box of jewelry. I 100% thought that Dre was about to pop his mom's face off. But then I thought about it. I'm like, nah, we hate Dre, but they don't want us to hate him that much. So luckily for us, he did not pop his own mother. But we do get a peek at to why Dre turned out to be what he became. He felt he wasn't getting that unconditional love from his moms. Poor baby. 
homeboy should have been moving a lot more stuffly and quickly. You did just run from the feds. But next stop, Tate. He goes and gets the Fugazi plates as well as the Fugazi license. Now, I'm pretty mad that his fake name is my real name, but that's beside the point. Tate gives him the plates and the license and tells him, yo, here you go, bro. 100K. I need you to take Ghost out. Money is 1000% the root of all evil. And Dre didn't give a damn. He took that 100K and made his way toward Club Truth to do what he said he would do. He was really about to try to take out James St. Patrick, the big homie that put him on, that put him in the game, that taught him how to be a businessman, that had him in Club Truth looking like a boss, even spared his life on multiple occasions. He really thought he was about to go do it. He pulls up at the back door, goes in, but before he could get to James, he already heard the gunshot. So he books it back to the whip, but not before Floyd Mayweather and Blanca Rodriguez. So scratch Dre off the list of suspects that clap goes. Now this dumb idiot with Tina, his baby mother, and having his precious, beautiful little daughter in the car, he makes a stop at a gas station. Ain't no telling how many stops homeboy was going to make before he actually got his ass to fuck up out of town. And we'll never know because his ass got caught soon as he came out the gas station. The law wasn't letting him escape this time. And when he got in the MCC, 2-Bit and Spanky wasn't letting his ass escape. And this time around, he made it even easier for them to do him in. He trapped himself. Now, obviously, anybody would start panicking once they start throwing gasoline-soaked towels into the box with you. But he should have done a better job at not letting that happen. I mean, there was only a small portion of space that 2-Bit had to slip that lighter through. He could have done anything. He could have stuck his arms in there. He could have stuck his butt in there. He could have did anything. That lighter had to actually hit the ground for them flames to go off and him to get burnt to a crisp. He could have smacked the lighter away into another spot. It was a really, really small box, but they didn't fill up that entire, entire, entire little box with all them towels. He could have smacked that lighter somewhere where it wouldn't have went off at. He could have stuck his whole arm in there and said, nope, you ain't putting nothing in here and just stay like that the whole time. What's more important? You getting motherfucking tired? Or your life, you feel me? He could have stuck his arm in there and they would have never been able to stuff that lighter in there. He did it to himself. But hey, I never liked Dre. I'm glad he's gone. I know some people are not. He deserved to get burnt to a crisp. He was gonna try to take Ghost down. Ghost is my favorite character. I ain't want Dre to be the one to do it. I'm glad they got Dre to f I'm glad they got Dre up out of here. And I did correctly predict that 2-Bit would be the one to take Dre out. I knew he was. He never liked Dre. Dre been a snake. 2-Bit is one of the most... 2-Bit is the realest character in the show, be honest with you. So he had to be the one to do it. I knew he would. I'm glad he did. And as the saying goes, when it's your time, get your ass up out of here. Now to Origami, a.k.a. Spanky. He folded and he told it. And Blanca Rodriguez knows damn well that Spanky has something to do with Dre being fried to a crisp. And I know damn well that she lied to him when she said that Tommy will not find out where he is. She might give Tommy that information just to try to get info out of him. And that brings me to the exclusive, my very own Ain't No Way segment. If you don't know, the Ain't No Way segment are things that happen in the world of power that can only happen in the world of power and would never ever, ever happen in the real world anywhere. Now, the first ain't no way I got for this episode of Still Dre 
is the Serbian standoff. First of all, how did the Serbians get into the warehouse where Drain's peeps was at so easily? Was there no lookout boy? And if so, what did y'all do to him? Why wasn't there a sound made? Second of all, why on earth is there a dialogue standoff? It ain't no talking. You kill our big homie. We not saying we just want Dre. We popping everybody. That's the element of surprise. You just gave up the element of surprise. Y'all came in there, had y'all guns drawn, and then y'all want to say y'all just want Dre? Nah, I'm spraying everybody in the place. So 1,000% ain't no way no Serbians is trying to have a talk with a bunch of niggas with guns. It ain't happening. Ain't no way. It would have been lights out like Tony Soprano. You wouldn't have seen nothing coming. The next ain't no way I got is Dre dipping off on the feds by telling them he got to use the bathroom. What kind of nonsense is that? These are the feds, not some 16-year-old babysitter. Your job is to grab his nappy-headed ass and bring him back or to wherever it is he has to go to. So for this time, I am going to watch you piss. It's my job. And not only am I going to watch you piss, I'm going to watch you piss with my gun drawn. And if you make any sudden move, you're getting a hole in your head. Plain and simple. Ain't no way you escaping the feds. You're not that smart. And that's not happening ever. Ain't no way. And this ain't no way is a repeat ain't no way. And that is, ain't no way Ghost is dead. I don't care what that news report said. He may have gotten shot, but he is 100% not dead. I'm not buying it. Dre pulls up to Club Truth to shoot Ghost. He hears the gunshot and then he leaves and he runs away. It's only about, to me, what I felt like was five minutes from the time he ran out of Club Truth to the time he got in the gas station. How on earth is it possible that the news already got word that James is shot and murdered all within a span of five minutes? It's not happening. Ain't no way. Ghost is not dead. If you feel like you saw some Ain't No Ways in this episode, let me know. DM me on the gram, Limitless underscore E. Once again, that's Limitless underscore E on the gram. If you felt like you saw some Ain't No Ways in this show that I might have missed. And that brings me into predictions. Origami, a.k.a. Spanky, is dead. He is not making it through the rest of the season. Tommy's going to be the one to clap him. Two-Bit already put the word out to him. That Spanky is telling on people is a wrap. Sorry, Spanky, Origami, you folded and told it, you gotta go. Deuces. Obviously, power's wrapping up, so it's not that much stuff to predict. The main thing is, I do not believe Ghost is dead. And as I said before, I really never thought that Dre did it. I thought it was between three people, and those three people was Tate, Tasha, or Tariq. I just can't understand how Dre could go from hearing the gunshot to about what I felt like was honestly five minutes later to hearing a news report where they say, Ghost is dead. Like, normally somebody gets shot, you gotta get rushed to the hospital, you're fighting for your life, you're in stable condition, then it goes to critical, or you're in critical, then it goes to stable. Nah, nothing like that. The report immediately said that Ghost is dead. I think it's propaganda to make whoever is trying to kill Ghost believe he is dead and not try to have them finish the job. I don't think Ghost is dead. It's 100% propaganda. Ghost is going to get through it, and he's going to go on to be lieutenant governor. Ghost is not dead. I'm sticking to it, and I hope I'm right. And that concludes this week's episode of the Limitless Experience with Eric. Power, recap, and reaction show. Thank you for tuning in. Talk to you next week. Peace out. Spread love.
If you would like to, you can contact the podcast at limitlessepod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Peace out.